This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello, this is the left wing. Well, what a week we've got coming up. We're back in our home away from home. We're back in tour. Uh, the Ireland squad arrived back here yesterday. Keen Tracy and Rory O'Connor are here. Keen, we were saying earlier this morning that it felt like there was a change of seasons mm. uh, from when we left on Thursday and when we came back yesterday. Although, still pretty warm here. Yeah, when the sun's out, it's it's still pretty warm. But yesterday when I arrived back in the morning, there was a, like a mini storm in tour. And I suppose like anywhere else, it felt like a very different place. Um, there's a lovely square here called Place Plumeroo and you have like loads of bars and restaurants and people sit out there every night of the week, it seems. But last night that obviously wasn't happening. Um, just behind us, the... The old, um, what was it? The merry-go-round has oh, been yeah, packed up. Oh yeah, it's been up. taken down. Yeah, that's a sign. That's yeah, it's that's gone. a sign. I mean, don't worry, like it'll be okay. Um, but we are got to go. We, we are <laughs> heading into the autumn um, now. But yeah, they, I, I, I'd heard as well. Like, there's a few bars um, along the river, and apparently they're starting to shut up now as well. So uh, for the season, so I guess it's a sign that we are getting kind of into the the meat and drink, aren't we, of the World Cup, which is timely for the the week that we have ahead of us here. Yeah, you were back late last night, Rory. You were. Yeah, in your car, to, having some me time again. Yeah, listening to my audiobook. And, uh, yeah, I, I, for, I don't know if you guys went through this as well. When you were applying for accreditation, you got a bit excited and you were like, oh, I'll go to this game, I'll go to this game. And Bordeaux was just... So I thought Bordeaux was just around the corner from Nantes, you know, a little hour and a half spin or two hours spin, but actually it was three and a half hours down and then three and a half hours back to tour in the car on my own. So I had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to to uh, contemplate life. But it was, was it worth the trip to see South Africa beat Romania 69-0? I'm not entirely sure it was. Um, it was a fairly nothing game. but it, like, And then I went down to the press conference and asked Jack Neen on about, about, about Ireland. Having done so last week, and he stonewalled me last week, and he stonewalled me again yesterday. It's as if you never heard of the place. Like He's going to be moving there in three weeks' time. Or in, You're already well, on hopefully the, three weeks' time if he goes out. You're already on the back foot now and he arrives in UCD for the first month. Oh, like, I'm not going anymore. I'm boycotting. He keeps, don't ask me questions. I'm not going to go. Apparently, he just doesn't talk about the, the next game on the day of the match. He's... So in the, the focus, but we got a couple of them afterwards and they were all very good. So you'll be seeing those pieces appear. Um, what did you take out of it? Obviously there's new they're big news lines up. Yeah. Yeah. In the mix zone. They're um, like the Irish lads are big, but the South Africans, like Orgies Nyman, I got to chat to him and I, every time I meet him, I'm still taken aback by the and scale not of short. him. I'm not, not a small like me, man. Not a, not a um, I interviewed Franz like Malherbe, who isn't quite as in, imposing as you think, but when you look at his weight still, stats, still fancy, he's 140. Fancy against him, yeah. I wouldn't like scrummaging against him. No. I, was, I was a tight end as well, so I can, I'd, I'd be able to avoid him. I'd be on Kitsoff. <laughs> nice the way he dropped um, that in. Yeah, I'd be on Kitsoff. I'd love to see Me you against up against Kitsoff. That'd be good. Good contest. A lot of fire in the bellies there. Like, um, Sean Klein, still a big man. Um, 
And yeah, sound. just they walked one one after another, walk through the mix zone, and you're like, Jesus. And then another one, and another one. And um, so, yeah, no, the, the task doesn't get it. In terms of the match, uh, there's nothing to take out of it. They were, yeah. you know, they played their four scrum halves. They got um, Marco Van Staden and Dion Furry, time at hooker, both scrummaging and throwing into the line out. But I mean, I know Romania caused Ireland a few issues at, at, out of touch last week. But I mean, the Romanian spirit had been broken by being facing the world's number one and two teams in the world within eight days of each other. Like what a disastrous schedule. They didn't even qualify for this World Cup. They got in by default and this was their reward. So um, those poor fellas, they looked like they were happy to be kind of doing a lap of honour at the end. But that was a, one of those mismatches that really... And maybe for neutrals watching Ireland do that to them a week ago as well... It, we were looking at it from an Irish prism, so we weren't maybe focusing on Romania, but actually being there yesterday and South Africa having the bonus points secured by 11 and a half minutes, you know, it's just... Could have been more as well. It could have been, it should have been more. If the rain hadn't, the heavens opened in Bordeaux and, and it rained and I kind of slowed them down a little bit and they, um, they just emptied as well their bench just as well they picked four scrum halves. Imagine they'd half. actually loaded Well, like, in fairness team. to Grant Williams, he didn't look like a scrum half on mm. the wing. Um, Faf de Klerk didn't look like he was out of place at 10, but they're... The one thing that, it, once again, and obviously we're going to talk about what happened after the game in terms of them calling Andre Pollard up. Obviously, Jack Nienaber didn't tell us that in the press conference. He waited till he was finished. Um, their goal kicking wasn't good. And they missed yeah. four. And they missed four against Scotland as well. I don't think Andre Pollard's going to be involved against Ireland. Do you but not I think, think he'll make gets, the bench? No, I, I, don't think, I think they'll go either 6-2 or 7-1. I don't think he'll be on it. I think he'll play against Tonga in their final game because they're going to qualify from this pool. And by the quarter final he'll be involved in some capacity, whether it's either starting or on the bench. But they've nailed their colours to the Leibach mask. I wouldn't be surprised if they have Pollard on the bench. I mean, it would be, would be the most Rassie and Jack thing to do. I mean, I know he hasn't been in the squad for a while and he only played a Premiership Cup game off the bench for Leicester. But, I mean, we were talking about this in the video earlier. Like, he's a big game player. He knows the game plan like the back of his head. And if it's going to be as tight as we suspect... Who do you want kicking yeah. a goal towards the end? Or even if it comes down to a drop goal, which Sinead, you were obviously writing about in last Saturday. So I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't Certainly be surprised. the sense amongst the South African media was that he's he's in for a week's good training. Put a bit of pressure on Libok as well. Oh, like yeah. It's like, you know, kick come the goals. knockouts. Like, I mean, Pollard yeah. is starting. I, I think Pollard will yeah. start. Yeah, come the knockouts. And then it's they have that Tonga. Did they have two weeks around Tonga? Yeah, they've gone week on week on week like Ireland. So they have Tonga and then they've got two week breaks. So they have mm-hmm. time to bet them into their systems. Yeah, like... It, there's a massive logic in it. It's more the composition of their bench and the numbers game that we're we'll be talking about all week. As what what they're well not all week because they're naming their team tomorrow night. Having yeah, they forward, brought that so. forward. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like even like the, the, I think the media schedule we were looking at had them in a, naming their team on Thursday. But I was talking to one of their media officers last night. and He goes, "No, we always name our team early in the yeah. week." And they there was a surprise that if they delayed it, it would have been almost mm-hmm. yeah. giving something back to Ireland. So we'll know a lot about South Africa's team tomorrow night. So you think they'll go seven one? Do you or possi- or did you say or six two? Certainly, the, the word was when they went seven one initially that it was designed with Ireland in mind. Yeah. As it gets closer, I, I'm I'm less convinced that they will. It's such a risk. I really hope to do for the outcry alone, and for people saying that South Africa are ruining the game, which they're not. Well, I think Ireland yeah. will hope. Oh, Ireland will hope they will because the risk involved, as Luke Fitzgerald said in this very podcast, you just go at Libok all day, every day, and you hope that you, like in in the hope that he either can't finish the game for whatever reason, and then they have to pull off the clerk at ten. And the clerk looks like he can do a good job there, but he's not a 10. And, and at that level, against the team of the calibre of Ireland, you've got a chance to hurt them. And we saw in Toulouse-Leinster uh, Toulouse earlier in, this, in the year, whenever that was, it feels like a long time ago, when Dugan had to move out of position, he was able to play a 10, but he wasn't half the player that he that he normally is. So the risk you take at 6-2 or or 7-1 is, is huge. But certainly, um, I, I, it'd be so fascinating to see. And whether they do it all at once like they did in, in, in Twickenham that day. Yeah. 
And the obvious caveat is that if after Clerk does end up at 10 and he'd played 10 for a bit, like it was Romania, you know what I mean? I'm, I know I'm harping on about this. So, oh, I no, mean, absolutely. I don't like, think you could read I, anything into yesterday. I think game. an Irish defence would absolutely pick him out and could definitely pick him apart. Um, and it also just disrupts the the sort of the way they play with Faf as the shooter, you know, because they would need to redesign their defensive line in terms of like one of the best people to do that. Nian Arbor, you'd have no doubts. But um, yeah, I think Ireland would hope that they'll go 7-1, but I can't see it either. I think they will go 6-2. And I would think Ireland will stick to what they've been doing in 5-3. I can't see Ireland responding by going to 6-2, even though there would be a logic to it. But I don't know, would it be kind of I almost... Think, what, what's the logic for it, Keane? Like to, to, to go toe to toe with yeah. them because if they're when they roll off their bomb squad, even like I couldn't help but think the other night that um against Tonga that Ireland's bench had a fair bit of bit of punch with it. And if you're adding in potentially Dan Sheehan, like if you're bringing I, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe McCarthy is going to be involved uh, this weekend, possibly off the bench. Ian Henderson, Ryan Baird put himself about, and you're bringing someone like Robbie Henshaw off the bench as well. But I think if Ireland were to go with a 6 2 now, having not done it at all, it would almost kind of feed into the the mental challenge that, you know, okay, we are a bit fearful of what South Africa can do. So I really can't see Andy Farrell doing it. Everything that we know about him up to this point would suggest that they wouldn't. And I think the count, way they counter it is by having a centre on the bench, not 23 jerseys. Mm. So they, they will go with probably yeah. Henshaw in that position and, you know, he is basically another flanker. You know, he is able to, he's a physical presence in his own right. You know, you're not losing much there. Obviously, he can't contribute at scrum time, which is where South Africa will get most of it and the mall where they get most of their energy through that 6-2 split. Or the seven with the bomb squad. And um, which I was watching back the game. Yeah, actually. no, he was in there. Yeah, yeah, which I did notice, but I hadn't noticed at the time, I will admit. I mean, it's amazing the things that you actually miss when you watch it live. He switched sides of the scrum. Um, so they were obviously worried um, about the power that was coming through from... Was it um, the position of the scrum or was it... No, the, it was basically almost the scrum was right next to each other. Just when O'Mahony got in at the end of the first half, yeah. he ended up just slotting in directly from for O'Mahony, but then he switched with Josh van der Fleer. Okay. So uh, that was just a little interesting. They played eight for Connacht for a while. Eight, eight, and eight, he, he was in the line out for Caden Doris's try as well at the back of it so that was obviously a pre-planned move but he was the one who added his serious bulk yep. to, for that mall to go over I'm going to be writing about this in tomorrow's paper in terms of the lineup, but that was a really intricate detail that again might have been missed at the time but Subundiaki apart from doing everything I think he made 90 metres off 12 for 12 carries but he also found himself in the scrum and the line which was interesting Yeah um, actually I spoke to uh, James Ryan and Dave Kilcoyne after the game on Saturday night so have a listen well, James, uh, sum up uh, that performance by you tonight. I thought we played well. Uh, we're happy with that. You know, we, we knew Tonga had two weeks to prep for that game. Um, and, you know, they were going to fire a few shots. But, um, yeah, I thought we played well. I thought a set piece was good. I thought we, you know, we were, we were nice and physical. Um, and we, we took our score as well when, when the opportunity came. You mentioned the set piece there, the line out. Uh, you just, I think it was just two line outs last near the end. Were you happy with that? Yeah, we were, we were, um, and um, happy to, to get over with the line out drive as well, um, and and maybe a few few line outs we got the drive going. We we mightn't have scored, but we we put them under uh, good pressure as well. Um, so we you know we got a penalty, or um, you know we got access into the game as a result. So it was good. Um, so yeah, we're pretty happy with it. Yeah, going into next week, obviously, how much better do you feel that? that performance, that win there today will kind of set you up for a huge challenge against the defending champions next week? Yeah, I think it'll give us confidence. Um, I think that's been our best performance area tonight for quite a while. So um, we'll enjoy tonight, have a beer. Um, 
but we, we know it's going to be you know a step up next week. Um, but look, we can't wait. I mean, the support out there tonight was just ridiculous, uh, crazy, crazy, um, full of green green jerseys everywhere. So um, you know we're expecting the same next week at Paris. It's going to be a special week, um, so we can't wait. Hi, Dave. Thanks, Vinny. How are you? Or do we call you a sheriff now? Ah, the sheriff, yeah, or the dictator, whichever you prefer. Uh, no, look, it's that's a bit of crack inside. Um, you know, we're together a long time, and uh, Faz really encourages lads to be themselves and wants a real good environment in there. You know, having everyone feel um, a part of it, and you know, we've been having these kind of crack and um, camaraderie for a long time in there now. So look, we've we've used this. I know that Ty Byrne was calling us sheriff. Well, no, he, he says it's gone to your head now as well, the power. Yeah, well, look, they said let your personality shine through, so things tend to do go to my head. But uh, no, look, if I need to instill law and order, I'm more than happy to do that. What was it like for you to be back out there playing tonight? Yeah, delighted, you know. Um, it was so great watching lads, you know, giving a, a great performance last week, but you always want to be on the pitch and to be a part of it tonight was really great. Um such a special team and special group of players. I know lots of lads mentioned that. And, um, you know, look, I've been around Irish squads a long time and under different coaching groups, but this really is different. Um, you know, there's such a buy-in from everyone. Um, you know, Faz created this um, a long time ago and everyone has just bought into it. And it's just, it's just basically the way, in my opinion, and I think everyone else, if you ask opinions, how... Uh, squad environment should be ran how a game plan should be ran you know everyone um, has complete faith in it and complete faith in him so it's a really enjoyable place to be Just a final one for me obviously a great performance tonight but how much more are you capable of and will you how much better will you need to be when you face South Africa next week? Well, we're going to have to be better you know you're coming up against the world champions um, you know as I mentioned earlier I'm sure Razi and Jack will have a few tr- tricks lined up their sleeve for us um, but yeah, we're going to have to definitely up our game next week. But, you know, I think the sky's the limit with this squad. Um, there's great individuals in here and um, the collective is so strong and the belief and faith is uh, so high in here. You know, everyone really um, believes. We actually don't know what our limit is, you know, and that's the exciting thing about it. We've got to keep pushing it, but we're going to have to be better again next week. You know, you, you see how South Africa are playing and what a quality side they are. So we're definitely going to be better again next week. So you had, Rory, plenty of time on your own yesterday to centre yourself in the car, to bring yourself down. Did we, I don't well, know, I did, we get, to, did we get a bit too carried away on Saturday night or are you still... Oh, like, no, I, I don't, I, no, I listened, actually listened back just to see if we didn't. I, no, I, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still happy with where I was. I, I, I haven't um, tempered my... Um, admiration of what Ireland did on Saturday night. I thought it was a very good performance. Um, I, I'm also very aware of what's coming this weekend and, and the test. The fact that um, this is the first of a Grand Slam for Ireland. You know, they, If they want to win the World Cup, I think they have to win five games against Tier 1 opposition in the next five weeks. Obviously, they don't, they, there is a way of winning the World Cup without winning this game. and you, Or you, you, know, you could also lose to Scotland and, and, and win the World Cup. Obviously, not lose both of them. But I think to do it, they probably need to win all of these games. Um, actually, listen to... I, got, I picked up a... 693 on the radio as I came back up so I was able to listen to Japan and England and get a, a sense of um, the, 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 the emotional turmoil of following England as Matt Dawson went from being like hypercritical of everything they were doing in the first half to 
mildly critical, critical in the second half and then by the end he was lauding their performances magnificent it was it was quite funny to listen to but um, the kind of machinations of what's happening on the other, other side of the draw are, are, are interesting to watch as well but um, I think Ireland is in a really good place you know if you compare it to say someone like England someone like Australia Wales other you know big hitters I guess at this tournament Ireland are in primed for the next however many weeks we're going to be here but even if they get it right on Saturday and play to their ultimate potential, if South Africa play to their ultimate potential, it could come down to a Pollard drop goal at the end. It could come down to a moment of execution, one mistake. It's that tight between these teams. I think Ireland's game plan gives them the edge. They're attacking, they're attacking prowess. At the same time, the box, if they get our, pin Ireland into a corner, we've seen how La Rochelle dominated Leinster. It hasn't happened to Ireland in a couple of years, but there has been moments where teams have gone on top of them. So there's obviously risks and there's obviously... You know, South Africa are good enough to beat Ireland on their day in Ireland. It's a, I think the bookies have South Africa by two points at the moment. So it's very, very tight. Um, but everything I'm seeing from Ireland gives me a, a lot of belief that they can hurt South Africa and they can beat South Africa. Yeah, Keen, you look back over the game again and well, particularly the first 20 minutes, you saw some... Yeah, I mean, it, because Ireland did so many good things from basically 20 minutes on, um, that tight burn try, it's kind of easy to forget that how messy and clunky, I would say. I know that's kind of come a bit of a buzzword for Andy Farrell and it wasn't really kind of asked about it afterwards because, like I said, they had played so well, but they had so many, so much territory and possession and they just didn't capitalise it. There was a few knock-ons, there was a few sloppy penalties on their own ball. And they're the kind of things that they can ill afford to do against South Africa. Because once you get inside South Africa's 22, you've got to be clinical. And I think, to be fair, Ireland have been clinical over the years. But I'm still waiting for that blistering start that we saw and in New Zealand. And they will need that this weekend. It was, it was so, a I, signature. And Neen Arbor was asked yesterday, because South Africa have started doing it as well. They've, mm. they've been scoring first. And it's very important against South Africa. I think to if you get out score. in front of them, yeah, you make know, them chase. it's a different, it's a different type of game as opposed to South Africa chipping away at the scoreboard and going three, six, nine, twelve, and all of a sudden, you know, you're chasing your tail, and they are able then to make it such a compact, difficult game that plays into their hands. So um, I would expect Ireland to come absolutely firing out of the block. I mean, the errors that I'm talking about are very sloppy and silly, as in like nothing to be overly concerned about. Real small fixes, um, but I think a, a strong start is going to be really important this weekend yeah no, I agree I think the way South Africa squeeze you the slow poison way they, they play we saw it in the Lions series you saw four years ago like they have more tricks up their sleeve now with the attacking talent they have in their yeah, back they're three they're a better but, team well I don't think they're a better team than they were in 19 I think they have do you not think so not with Libok at 10 no oh. I don't think they have mm. the, they're missing a couple of individuals but I think do you not think they're they a more back, complete team no 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 I think they I think they have more weapons with their attacking, in, the back, yeah. in, in the attack but I'm not sure they're as um, like they haven't over the course of the cycle they haven't been as impressive as they were against England and even the Lions series the Lions will feel they should have won that series you know I think they're they're, they're coming in at a nice time I think having Snyman back gives them a, 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 another weapon in terms of his ability to free his hands but without Marks I don't oh, think yeah, across 80 loss. minutes that's that's huge loss we don't know what Do condition know what the story, yeah. that's about is and I think he will be playing out. I know he hasn't been yeah. at his best for the last while but and Creel's been excellent but he's not, been excellent, I'm not yeah. sure he's as good and, and I I totally get where you're coming from Sinead because I've kind of asked myself the same question and if those guys were back would they be a better team because they do have these kind of like Kane and Moody and um, Kurt Leanderson on the wing that have added something different but I wonder when it comes down to it in other words this weekend will they kind of go back to what they what they know best and what they know yeah. that has been Ireland's kryptonite over the years Rudd has hit the nail on the head in terms of like La Rochelle what they've done to Leinster over the years but like 
think back to what Ireland did against South Africa in November, that's going to be such a big reference point. And it's, it's brilliant that we're not looking too far into the past for that game. It's just over a year ago and Ireland were brilliant that night and left a couple of scores out to Matthew Viva. So that's but I always be... got the sense after that game though that South Africa would have been happy with that as well. With, mm. with their, I, know, I know it was the last game that they would have learned a lot from Aren't that. Aren't people read it that way and I could never understand it. Like they're winners. They, they, they were... I mean, Rosie Rasmus went and did one of his videos on Tuesday, didn't he? Like they were really upset with the way it was refereed. I think they were stung, but they hate losing. Like they don't, they don't, I don't think they strategically take any loss comfortably. And they lost to France a week later and I think it taught them where they were. Um, I mean, I factor in as well the fact that Munster have gone to South Africa and beaten the Stormers. Yeah, I know they got, yeah, I know they got blown away by the Sharks and, and look, that can't happen against South African teams. It's another it reference ro- point. It was roasting and there was, no, there was pre- circumstances I, absolutely. And they that, went back and, and they, went back, they went yeah. back and won all their games there. Um, they also took a massive physical toll out of the Sharks on that day. That was the mm. day that Khaleesi did his leg, Ex- did his knee and Etzbeck got killed as well, as well. So like that's, you know, you're talking about um, like everyone talks about South Africa and the team comes out on a Tuesday and, and everyone like Twitter loses its mind look at these names on paper but like no one wants to play against Ireland as well and Ireland asks you questions in a different way so I don't I think it's very important this week not to get overawed by the and the players won't but the fans and the media by often the aura do of South Africa the World and Cup, yeah. is up this week that they front load their week so they dominate the agenda Ireland won't get their messages out until Thursday really I think that you know that's like it's people will say that's not important but I think in the public sphere it is like I don't think they're as good as they were four years ago. I think Formulan's got, you know, he's 38 now. He wasn't a force for Ulster. He's, he can have a good game here and there. Fury is coming off the bench. He's, what, 34, 36, 37? He's like, no, they don't have a recognized hooker on the bench. If they don't have Pollard, they don't have a goal kicker in the squad. Like, you know, if they want to play 369, you want to have a goal kicker. Yeah. Um, I don't see them as the complete unit they were. They could still win this World Cup. They could still beat Ireland. Absolutely. But I don't, I think France and Ireland in this world, this four year cycle have been better teams in South Africa. I think France are probably the most complete team at the tournament. Ireland are probably, you know, probably the, the most exciting and you know, on their day capable of being there. But I think South Africa are right in the mix with that. But I don't th- see them as being as where they were as dominant. Uh, I, I think you, you mentioned like the aura around them and like they're world champions. Like let's not forget that they're still an unbelievable team. But I think the South African teams joining the URC has lessened that to a certain extent. Um, like I've, I was asking Conor Murray and Robbie Henshaw about this afterwards on Saturday. Um, even players like Jack Crowley and Craig Casey who might not necessarily be involved this weekend but they're going to play a big role behind the scenes. Like they've played against these guys loads of times over the last while. It's not like a few years ago where oh my God you're going up against these guys you haven't played them in ages. And that applies to the All Blacks as well in terms of what Ireland have done to the All Blacks over the last few years. So there's nothing for Ireland to to fear, I don't think, going into this game. Like we know how strong South Africa are. It's absolutely obvious. It's like I was interested here that the bookies made South Africa slight favourites. I would I would have said it was almost a scratch game. I think Waller moved it by a point. Yeah, well that doesn't surprise me. I mean that, that like it really doesn't because I think it's going to come down to the last few minutes. It could come down to a kick. It could come down to a drop goal. But um the way Ireland have been moving through the gears in terms of their attack, the way that they solidified the line-out, uh, which is something I'm going to be writing about again tomorrow, um, is all pointing in the right direction. And Sinead, we discussed this on the video earlier. If you had offered Andy Farrell like all this mix in together a few weeks ago by the time you play your most crucial World Cup pool game, I think he would have bitten your hand off for it. Um, if Jack Conan and Dan Sheehan come back, like that just adds to it as well. We're wait, still waiting to hear, obviously, about Finley Bealham. He would be a loss, um, particularly coming off the bench in the in the second half for Tyg Furlong. But like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going right for Ireland at the moment. I mean, Johnny Sexton is humming. I was writing about this today. I mean, God Almighty, he's 38 and 
Like he is still just an elite. Is he elite. still retiring after like, the World Cup? It's, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, it's 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 mad. I, I, like he is going to be asked a question when the time comes. Like is there going to be one more year? And I'm sure he'll say no. But he is still playing unbelievably well. I mean, I like I watched it back, and the stuff he does off the ball is just as impressive as what he does on it. Whether it's running that really cheat, uh, clever cheat line for his try, or whether it's like getting people in shape. They're the kind of things that often go amiss when Johnny Sexton isn't there. Guys know that they're going to be balled out of it if they're not in the right position. So um, having him like looking back to like he was never away really doesn't it like looking back to his best going into this South Africa game yeah, the is work, massive the work they've put in in the HPC to get him there has been very impressive and, and, and that applies across the board the conditioning of the players oh, like they, they look they really good they they and, they're, and they're going to need every bit of it this weekend they mm. will before we go lads let's just have a quick look at the other games obviously England had that win over Japan and Fiji wow I mean this pool C uh, is getting very interesting yeah, like I was in Bordeaux last week for the Fiji-Wales game and it was just heartbreaking. I mean, for from a, a Fijian point of view, I thought like at the time, and I think I made this point to you guys on the pod last week, that Wales probably didn't get enough credit. I mean, that is this is a good Fijian team. Let's remember they won a Twickenham just before the World Cup and obviously they didn't won last night and absolutely dire result dire performance from an Australian point of view but this is really all about Fiji. They got to two losing bonus points against Wales which was really important. And now having beaten Australia, they're, they're very much alive and kicking in this pool. This pool was always, I think, going to be one of the, the most exciting because it was so hard to predict what was going to happen. And you can see why Fiji are everyone's favourite, the second favourite team. I mean, it's the style of rugby they play. They're singing off the pitch. I mentioned it uh, last week as well. Like, I mean, I just love that sort of stuff. We saw a bit of it from the Tongans at the weekend. Um, just a brilliant culture. And... They are right in it, aren't they? I mean, you look. I think, at, they're, I think they're through now. I think they, if they get ten points in their next two games, I think they're well, and sixteen. They, they have they would have, they would have. And yeah, they should against, and they should Georgia, against Georgia and Portugal. Portugal it, yeah. if, they, if they screwed it up, it'd be awful. Um, it'd be very like it'd be very disappointing for them. I mean, they like they deserve to be here, and they, they're playing like they deserve to be here. They're not yeah. playing Fiji and rugby. Really, I, they have they have the, the physical capabilities to, to open up when they need to. But like yeah. I thought their breakdown work from the bits that I saw Mattia was made such phenomenal. a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe he didn't start against Wales. I have a feeling he might have been carrying an injury. That's just a guess because it didn't make much sense. But what a difference he makes! And I, I actually meant to make that point. Or I couldn't. I think agree. they're pragmatic. Like they're, they, they, are, they, they may be, they, they may have just be managing their squad across the the, the the five weeks and in the in the hope of being at a quarter final and being able. Like if they play. Are they looking at probably if they talk to pool they probably play Argentina, Japan, or Samoa? Like they could be they could be in a semi final. They got to look at playing Fiji in a semi final. I, I, I think I went for that. Uh, the I, Fiji I, to make the last. I think their squad is a little bit callow, and I think they're reliant on a couple of players. I think their goal kicking is still a bit of an issue, and like I would worry even if they come up against a good pack at the scrum. I think when are they going to do that? Like you're not like really. None of those teams, Samoa could do damage to them actually because Samoa have a, have some really good type five forwards. But whether Samoa get out of that pool, Japan look well off it. Well off it. Um, yeah. And Argentina are so unpredictable. I mean, I, like I, I didn't quite understand the hype around Argentina coming into the tournament. I think I tipped them for semi final based on the run they have, they route they have there. But I thought there's no guarantees that them getting out. I think Samoa could, could do damage in that pool as well. So, um, like it's probably the worst pool at the tournament by by a country mile actually. Yeah, that that pool the um, England are going to top it now after last night and they're getting they're falling in love with themselves once yeah. again but um, there's nothing to fear there with England with England yeah, yeah. like and just 
again, I listened to this in the radio and I've just watched back highlights, but like the frustration that Chris Ashton and Matt Dawson had listening to it, the way they, they, they were, they, Chris Ashton has played on the board, but he knows what they're trying to do. And he kept saying that they were kicking when, it, it, like the whole idea of the kicking is to pull the other team out of shape, but they were kicking while the other team was out of shape. They'd done the job to Japan, but they were going, they were going to the pre, the, they're playing by rote all the time. Now they bring Farrell back into the mix. Obviously, Vinopilla came back last night. They have good players. They've got world-class talent. They will be difficult to beat, but I don't think they have enough weapons to hurt the lead teams when it comes to the crunch. And um, but from where they were two, three weeks ago, they take it. No one should be surprised, though. I mean that England are are playing this style of rugby. I mean, Borthwick's Leicester, who won the the Premiership, were absolutely awful to watch. Um, and then when Leicester went into the Champions Cup, they got absolutely hammered. I was over at Welford Road uh, by Leinster. They got. I know Borthwick wasn't obviously coached this year, but Leinster beat them well as well. So it doesn't translate. I mean, the Premiership we've said it for so long. I mean, it's a different ball game when you step up to Champions Cup rugby, and it's a different level again when you step up to international rugby. But just one quick point, Sinead. On uh, Japan, there's loads of reasons why, but it, and COVID I think was one of the main ones. But I, it's so disappointing that J- Japan haven't been able to kick on since 2019. I mean, the joy and the thrills that they brought. I mean, on and off the pitch, it, like, oh, it, was, it, was, it, it was amazing being there. I mean, the, when they beat Ireland, I know everyone talks about it as being a horror show, but for me, it was one of the best sporting occasions I've ever been at. When you remove the emotion from the occasion and the style of rugby that they played and for so long, people were trying to copy them. You know, Tony Brown, one of the sharpest attack coaches in the world. Like Jamie Joseph is going back to the Highlanders after the World Cup, and it feels like the the air is think, going out of the balloon. A I bit. think they need a new, a new coach. That they've they need a bit of a reset. Gone they need to find it, more yeah. Japanese players to play in the team as well. Mm. I think that there's a there's a bit of an issue there connecting with the Japanese public after you know after what happened four years ago. They have a huge performance. What they, what they were they in Fiji and Samoa and. Portugal and all the teams that are showing up here, they need competitive game yeah. time. And right now, the ship is actually leaving the state, leaving leaving the port, and they're being left behind. Now, Fiji will get on board with the new World Series. Look, this is a big debate topic, but um, like these teams need need games. And like I'm not saying Romania obviously are, should be should have to be promoted into something like that. Like they need to work towards it over time. But if we want Japan to build on what they did in 2019, they need to be in the rugby championship. Um, or some competition that that works for all of these teams, and it shouldn't just be Japan and Fiji because they've been good recently. It should be there should be a path into that. They shouldn't be left behind by World Rugby. They should be integrated into the sport. Like I thought it was a bit of a disgrace when I was looking at doing my graphic for last Saturday. Ireland have only played Tonga twice in their entire history. I mean, that's a shameful reflection on the RFU that they haven't arranged more fixtures. And they said they hadn't played a Tier One nation since 2021. I think was it? Yeah, and when we played when Ireland played Samoa and Bayonne. We were talking to uh, Mapasua and he was saying that this is only the second tier one game we've had in the four-year cycle. That's mm-hmm. incredible. So it's yeah. just wrong. Like, and yeah. we have these conversations yeah. every World Cup because like we're so kind of focused on Ireland. But you talk about like the legacy of the, the Japan World Cup in 2019. I was actually back over in Japan in July and we were only a couple of months out from the World Cup and I know obviously the World Cup wasn't on in Japan this time but there was nothing like nothing around like when the World Cup was there it was brilliant but it was swallowed up by the size of the country but when I was back there there was just no there was nothing to suggest that like oh the Brave Blossoms are heading to the World Cup and you look at the the strength of the league and I kind of strength is probably doing a lot of heavy lifting there but the, the star power and the big names that they get and the money that they pump in it's just not being reflected in the team as well. And you're probably right, Rod. And maybe they need to look at getting more kind of Japanese players in rather than trying to get players qualifying kind of late in the day because 
you could see in 2019, like the potential that they have as a country. And for me, like lots of the focus is going to be on England, but I'm just really disappointed that the style of play and like the, even the players, we just haven't seen it right, kicking on from 2019. It's disappointing. It is disappointing. Um, so we are going to dig more into Ireland against South Africa when we're back again on Wednesday. The team, of course, is going to be announced on Thursday. So there'll be few talking points, do we think, about the team? I, I don't think there's actually much. I think we'll, we have a, there's obviously a couple Indeed, of the injuries, injuries, yeah. really, there's the injury it? stuff. And you think Gibson Park will start? Um, I went Murray for Conor Murray. We, we've all picked teams for a jury tomorrow. Yeah. Or, or I don't know when it's going to be published. I went for Murray actually on the back of the other day. I, Gibson Park hasn't been brilliant in yeah. preseason. And I, I like the idea of Gibson Park actually coming on and changing the pace in the second half to counter the bomb squad. But now, but yeah. I wouldn't be, you know, I'm not. No, I'm not nailing McCullough. Too late. I Too late. Same print, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I wouldn't be disappointed if, if Gibson Park started. I just, as I thought about it, I thought that might be an option. Especially, I thought Murray was really, he was he got a back form. Like, and I was yeah. calling for Murray to be dropped four years ago. Right now, I think he is the form guy. I think having Gibson Park as a rival has brought a new quality out in him. And it, like, even the way he's been with us, like he's such a um, calm and, and influential figure in that group. I think you back form, if he's in better form, we go from there watching training, Gibson Park, the pace that he brings to Ireland is, yeah, is magnificent. And you need to double that down for that, I think, against the yeah, box personally. That's it. Sunday, but over eighty minutes. Anyway, that's it's it, I, it's a flip flip of a coin, really. Apart from that, like McCarthy on the bench looks like you know. I think Baird is more made for Scotland. You know, I think that that you could you could flip the coin of those two, but actually, it's a horse for course. I think situation. Baird need to do a I'd little start bit more Henderson, against would you go? I went with I went with that back row from mm. Romania. I went with Omani um, Omani. Sorry, Baird O'Mahony Doris with Van der Fleer to come on like he did against Romania and up the pace again. I'm looking at a tempo base yeah. to counter the bomb squad. But no, I'm overthinking I'm going, it. I'm going Tygburn, James Ryan with Peter O'Mahony, Josh Van der Fleer, Henderson, and Doris. Sorry. I think Henderson and Joe McCarthy on, on the, the bench, bench, unless Jack yeah. Conan is fit. Henderson which and Joe McCarthy. Yeah, because you can move Tygburn then into the back row if you need. That would be my thinking. I think you need fresh back row legs. And did you go for Murray or no, I, I, start? No, to be honest, like I don't think that's much of a, a, a debate. I think Conor Murray played brilliant, yeah. but I think you need to double down on the pace against this box team. I think you need to move them around. And for me, Gibson Park is one of the best in the world at that. Yeah, I know. I was thinking Conor Murray to start, start the game. Would you start seeing if he's fit? I think Kelleher played so well. I that think I'd no... put Sheen on the bench, Kelleher to start. I think there's greater, the, the lesson of Murrayfield, I think, is like, it's actually a greater risk to, to, to um, start the injured player on the bench, isn't it? Because I suppose at Hooker, you can replace him. But, but, um, I think if Kelleher didn't play as well, if the lineout didn't go as well as it did, James Ryan was playing, Tygburn was playing, I think there'd be a very strong argument that you rolled the dice because Dan Sheehan is so, so good. But to me, that was the Ronan Kelleher when he first broke, broke onto the but, scene. Yeah. He was outstanding. I mean, every time he got the ball in the first half, he was making dents. He was getting over the gain line. And look, that one-two combination is so important, um, particularly when you're going up against the box, the bomb squad. So um, I don't think there's much of a... And Herring has huge rhythm. Like I, I think he'd be, he'd be probably the most unlucky player he outside would, yeah. 23 he if he out, misses yeah. out. He would, yeah, um, I would agree. And it would be obviously special. I mean, I asked him about this in the mix zone and he wasn't really going for it, but like it would be special for him to play against South Africa at a World Cup as well. You know, having hailed from Cape Town, all he's been in Belfast long enough this stage, he nearly has an accent. But um, I think he starts Sheehan because he brings, again, sorry, to go back to my my pace bench, if I'm picking my pace bench, maybe I should go for him as part of it to be consistent across it. But um, I think they start him. I think he's just, there's a reason that country lost its mind when he was, had an injury a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, sure, well, uh, Will and Luke will be back here tomorrow and we'll be back again on Wednesday. Listen and follow The Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.